Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. I'm live from Indianapolis Colt Special Teams Practice. It's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, lots of uh, interesting games this past weekend. A couple of teams fell from the ranks of the unbeaten. Uh, what are what are some of the things that struck you during Week Six? I'm honestly more surprised that the Panthers are still an unbeaten than anything else. <laughs> I just that was not one I saw coming. Um, no, that's pretty shocking. Just not. I mean, both of us picked against, against that happening last week. Um, but uh, that, for me, I think was probably the biggest thing. Also, then the always fun revolving quarterbacks out in uh, Pittsburgh. It's a fun game to play. I try to see who's going to start this week. Yeah, I, I don't know who's your who's your take for this coming week, Landry Jones or Roethlisberger. I'm going Landry Jones, but I just yeah, Big Ben's doing 11 on 11 drills, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Yeah, I won't believe it until he's doing 13 on 13 drills, but eh, we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the couple things that caught my mind or my uh, eye this past weekend, my mind too by extension, were the the Colts botched big punt in that uh, Patriots game. I don't think I've ever seen anything so bizarre as a There was a wide receiver back. trying to hike the ball. That was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, and then and then, especially when you had five on two there, that was that was kind of a mismatch. And then uh, Peyton Manning, his continued woes. Do you uh, think that he's done for, or do you think this is just a, a slump, as they say in the trade? I would like to say a slump. Um, I just I don't think that you can just fall off a cliff like that ability-wise. Like, I mean, yes, he's going to deteriorate. Yes, he still has numbness in his fingers from all the neck issues that he's had, and I get that, and that kind of messes with his mechanics a little bit, but I think coming off of, they've got to buy this week, I think that coming into next week we're going to see hopefully a stronger version of Peyton Manning because I'm not quite ready to throw the talent on him yet. Um, I don't necessarily think Brock Osweiler is going to be a huge improvement, but I just I think there's more left in the tank, and I would like to see that be real and not just in my head. <laughs> Well, if he comes out and has a bad game in week eight, do you, heaven forbid, cut him or do you just no, bench him? No, I'm never giving up on Peyton Manning. He's going to give me a better chance to win, even with diminished capacity. Just the way he sees the field, he reads the defense, and his leadership out there is probably going to give me a better chance to win anyway. C.J. Anderson needs to pick it up. Then then they'll be okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm C. totally Anderson passing the blame on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, works for me. So um, injury-wise, Michael Vick, probably the most notable, not that too many people were starting him on their fantasy teams. But sure. Well, now, I mean, I you hope know, you weren't, but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, more, he, he more just because play. he made an opportunity for Landry Jones to come in and show what he can do, and now all of a sudden people are, are wondering whether Landry Jones is, is worth grabbing off the waiver wire. What's your take on him? I like Landry Jones. I like him a lot. Uh, I, it's not that I didn't necessarily like Michael Vick in this offense, and I think he is, he's not a bad option as a backup quarterback, but he is kind of a backup quarterback right now. Like, he's going to give you about a 50% chance to win. He's going to win the games he should, not necessarily convert games you shouldn't win into Ws for you. I think Landry Jones is going to have a nice week this week. There's not a ton of film on him, obviously, at the pro level, Um, He seems to have pretty good rapport with some of the wide receivers already, particularly Martavis Bryant. 
Um, and I just I like his style a little better for this offense. Um, so I'm excited about him. I think he's got a, a decent little matchup this week, so we'll definitely be talking about that soon. Um, as you alluded to, Big Ben practicing, not officially ruled out for this week. Uh, I don't think he's going to get officially ruled out just because it's much more of a fun mind game to play, which are the three quarterbacks you need to prepare for this week. Um, but nobody's been ruled out. Big Ben's still coming off the spring MCL and the the bruising and all of that. Looks like he probably will be back next week unless Landry Jones lights the world on fire. You can let him rest a little longer. Um, but Michael Vick was in and out of the game last week. Now they're saying he's got a small tear in his hamstring, so it looks like it probably will be uh, the Landry Jones show this week. Uh, Antonio Gates just had the day off today. He's just resting. He's not actually hurt. So for anyone who's looking at, at practices today and seeing him not on the field, don't freak out. It's going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> out in San Diego, uh, Melvin Gordon's got an ankle injury. He's not practicing, but it looks like he's going to play, although I would worry a little bit about seeing perhaps some decreased production from him because he is not 100%. And they do have guys like Not much to decrease from. Yeah, true, unfortunately. Uh, Anquan Bolden out in San Francisco, he's pretty questionable with a hamstring injury. Uh, obviously, he's got a little less time to prepare this week since they're playing tomorrow night. But keep an eye on that one. Obviously, he's had a good two weeks, so you'd like to keep him in your lineup if you can. Stevie Johnson in San Diego, looks like he might return this week. He's missed the last two games with a hamstring injury, but keep an eye on that. It's probably going to go till at least Friday or Sunday before we know for sure. Carlos Hyde in San Francisco is questionable. He's probably going to play. He's got a foot injury. I don't know how much you should be counting on him, but, again, short week. It's a little a little sketchy there. Uh, Keenan Allen missed practice. He's got a, he got a hip flexor issue in the, in the game on Sunday. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play because he did play through a lot of the game uh, with that and was still pretty productive. So I'm still going to pencil him into my lineups this week. Adrian Peterson's going to play, but he does have a finger injury. That worries me a little bit more than it does some other people. I like, you know, when people can actually hold on to the the ball the way they're supposed to, but, you know, that's just me. Marshawn Lynch is on the mend. He's going to play Thursday night. Uh, he should You should see some increased production from him, a little more than 54 yards. It's a better matchup. He's healthier. Makes for a better week for him. Looks like Detroit's going to get Joyke Bell back after a three-game absence. He's had a bum ankle, but it looks like this week he's going to be good to go, which is great because Amir Abdullah can't stop putting the ball on the ground. Uh, also in Detroit, Eric Ebron's got a shot to play this week. He's been battling a knee injury. He's been limited at practice, but actually practicing, which is a great first step. Keep an eye on that. It's going to come down to Sunday, but there are not a lot of healthy tight ends out there. Brandon Pettigrew's not practicing right now, so that would be great to get him back. Uh, Jacksonville's wide receiver Allen Robinson's got what they're calling a leg bruise. He's in limited to practice. He's going to be fine to play this week, though. Marcus Mariota, one of the bigger names that we uh, we had on the injury report this week, he's got a sprained MCL. They're saying he's questionable, but hoping he's going to play. He did play through the same injury in college. I don't know if throwing he him out there's anything there's, to do. No, <laughs> I mean, there's, I think there's no way. I mean, he's the franchise. You should. He's the franchise quarterback, and they're not going anywhere this year. There's no way he should be playing this week. Bingo! And even before he got hurt, he was terrible last week. So, I mean, if it were up to me, Zach Mettenberg would be getting the start. But they haven't called me yet. It's still early, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's still time. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wait, I, mean, I think we I, have we a call go. coming in online too right now. Oh, God, let me go get that. <laughs> in Jacksonville, they do have a couple other wide receivers that are a little banged up. Marquise Lee being at the top of the list. He's got a bad hamstring. It looks like he is not going to play this week. Uh, running back TJ Yeldon missed last week with a groin injury. He's still not practicing, so keep an eye on that. I know they're going to try to get him back on the field. It definitely is going to help their chances if they do, but they're not saying which way they're going just yet. Eagles wide receiver Riley Cooper isn't practicing with a knee injury. Uh, nobody's really talking about how severe it is just yet, although he has seen some increased production the last two weeks, so I'd keep an eye on that because it's a pretty juicy matchup for him this week. Uh, former Eagle, now Redskin, Deshaun Jackson, still not going to play this week. He's still nursing that hamstring injury. They're going into a bye week, so we won't see him until after that most likely. But tight end Jordan Reed says he's going to get cleared out of concussion protocol this week, and he's planning on playing, so that'll be nice. Uh, Another former Eagle, Jeremy Macklin, suffered a concussion when he basically got lawn darted into the turf this week. He's uncertain for Sunday. I would say he's probably not going to play. Just given his history, he's not a fast healer. Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor's got that knee injury. He's been splitting reps with E.J. Manuel. Uh, He's, quote, taking it day by day. So there's nothing like a cross-Atlantic flight. There's nothing like a transatlantic flight to make a injured knee yeah. feel better. Yeah, I, I don't think it's smart to put him out there this week. But again, nobody's asked me. I think you're more likely than not to get EJ Manuel. Um, I don't think it entirely matters who they're putting under center because they also are very banged up. Sammy, <laughs> Percy Harvin didn't even make the flight. Neither did Carlos Williams. Uh, Carlos Williams has a concussion. He still isn't cleared. That's why they didn't bother flying him out. Percy Harvin has what they're calling personal reasons he didn't go. It has nothing to do with his previously injured hip, uh, and that's all they're saying about it. So the Bills are treating this like he got excused from school. I'm not really sure why, but they're not in London. Tyrod Taylor probably shouldn't be playing, but who knows what Rex Ryan's going to do. Uh, Redskins running back Matt Jones is expecting to be back this week with his toe injury. He's been practicing with pads and everything. Uh, that would be good for them. Cowboys' Des Bryant isn't practicing, but they're not ruling him out for the game or for practicing the rest of the week. If he can get onto a practice field at any point this week, I think they're going to be crazy enough to let him play. Um, my gut says this is more of a, a mind game for the Giants, who obviously there's a little bad blood with. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him this week, but if your things happen in Dallas, that's for sure. If you do, you'll probably be carting him off on a gurney. It's possible. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out, much like does Bryant. So how about the uh, waiver wire? Who who have you been looking to pick up in some of your leagues this week? Um, I've got a few names on my radar screen, but who's who's on yours? Uh, I like Landry Jones this week. We talked about that a little bit. Um, if if I can get guys like Stefan Diggs, the wide receiver in Minnesota, or if anyone's been crazy enough to drop John Brown or guys like that floating around the waiver wire, it depends how big your league is in all honesty. Um, Delaney Walker, some people have been dropping I've seen because he's been injured. I've been picking him up where I can. If Ryan Fitzpatrick's floating out there on your waiver wire, I don't know how he would be after the last two weeks. Definitely go look at him. Um, And then I've just always defenses. I'm always picking up defenses. (laughs) How about, uh, yeah, we've we've discussed that before. How about uh, Christian Michael? Do you think he's going to play much this weekend? Are they really going to start him, Uh or what's going on with him? They might. 
I don't I don't think for me personally it's not worth it. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's gonna be the answer in Dallas, but they're certainly gonna try at some point because they've hyped him up enough in the media all off season. Uh, well, I don't know if I have Yeah, I mean it's a picture taken with cops. Yeah, that's what he's doing his spare time. I mean I'm looking at the waiver wire, so I guess we each do our own thing. But I just in most of my lineups there aren't guys that I'd rather have him on my lineup than somebody else just because I don't know if I'm I'm personally willing to take that flyer. I have zero trust. How about Tory Smith? I've actually seen him on the waiver wire in a couple of leagues that I'm in. That I'm more likely to do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just to share a quick story, you know, we always talk about DFS at the well not always, just the season. We've been talking about DFS, daily fantasy, um, sports in particular football at the end of the show last week for the first time in my life. I think I finished absolutely last out of like twelve hundred or thirteen hundred teams. I think my you know team just I, I had I made just about every worst you know, choice possible. I, I would have been better off going with a team of Jamal Charles, Ben Roethlisberger, and Ray Carew if it was that bad. Oh, no. I I had a couple of lineups where I was stacking Patriot players that just made me want to kill myself come, come the, you know, the night games. But uh, <laughs> there were there were definitely some ugly lineups. Last week for me it was more more of the kind of underrated guys than the big names that performed for me. I got I got hurt by some guys who did not live up to expectations for sure. Like yeah, yeah. I'm West, the uh, Chiefs running back, you know, Chark Hendrick West. A lot of people <laughs> came out. Chark World, yeah. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, you got you know, Chark World by him. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the one league where I used him in DFS. I think that was part of my uh, Ray Carruth All Stars team. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was well, not it's a, a new week. Team, but it is a new week, and as we know, it's a new nothing week, so it'll be okay. Nothing counts. Nothing from last week counts for DFS. But let's just get to talking about the actual games first and see who we like. Um, First up, we've got a Thursday night game, Seattle at San Francisco. Seattle's looked very underwhelming. They certainly don't look like a team that should have been a two-time defending Super Bowl champion. You know, their defense has been not quite as good as it's been in the past, and their offense has just been missing in action for most of the season. You know, short week, San Francisco looked a little bit better last week in beating Baltimore. Um, Seattle, of course, with the ugly loss at home to Carolina. I, I think Seattle right shift this week is certainly after last week with New Orleans upsetting Atlanta at home. It's kind of hard to you know, pick Seattle on the road in a short week, but I'm going to go ahead and do that anyway. I think Seattle wins this by a field goal. I'll go San, Seattle 24, San Francisco 21. I agree with you that Seattle's going to win this game. I think it's going to be by quite a bit more. I've got Seattle 24 f- over San Francisco 14. Um, Seattle defense has only allowed 3.6 yards per carry and only two touchdowns in the back season. Um, so I think that's going to neutralize the San Francisco run game a little bit. Uh, they're pretty much going to just eat up that entire offense, in, in all honesty. I'm – not at all excited about what Colin Kaepernick's doing. I know people are 
are looking at his numbers last week and what he did, and, you know, he's back and this and that. But this guy is making some terrible reads. Like, it's a fun game just to watch a 49ers game and see what he's not seeing downfield. If I can see it at home on my couch, he should be seeing it a little bit better. Um, Marshawn Lynch is healthier. It's just it's a recipe for disaster this week for San Francisco. All right, moving right along, we've got the first of the Sunday games, which happens to actually be a Sunday morning actually game. Actually a morning or, game. Or if you're in Guam, a Saturday night game. But anyway, so we've got Buffalo at Jacksonville. You know, both these teams have been underperforming you know, this season with Jacksonville. At least it's been interesting to watch Blake Bortles kind of coming into his own with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. But certainly T.J. Elvin has been a disappointment this season. They just defense giving up too many points. Buffalo, they certainly have their own problems, particularly a quarterback and finding healthy running backs. But, yeah, I, I think that they're going to win this game pretty easily. You know, I'll say in spite of Rex Ryan admitting that his offensive <laughs> coaching skills aren't the greatest, I'll say that Buffalo manages to put up 31 points in this game and win this by 11. Buffalo 31, Jacksonville 20. And a very comforting sign, I am already disagreeing with you. <laughs> no, wow. I've got Jacksonville by a field goal, 24-21. Because um, they're the home team or what? Well, the Bills' defense, I think, is going to rebound, but the offense is so banged up. They're so out of sync. You don't even know who's playing quarterback right now. And I think the worst thing they could do, in all honesty, is put Tyrod Taylor out there in <laughs> – on that turf, in that stadium, on a bad knee. I don't think it's a great thing. Um, the Jacksonville defense, I think, can at least hang around enough to keep keep Buffalo respectable that Jacksonville can take this lead late. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, I just think that Jacksonville's offense is a little healthier. I'd like this a lot better if T.J. Yeldon was playing. Um, but they have a little more experience going to London. That may help slightly. They're supposedly treating this like a West Coast game. I don't know realistically if you can trick yourself into doing that, but uh, they've been doing this for the last couple of years, so they're a little more accustomed to the travel and and have some kind of an idea of a routine. I think that may help a little bit. Um, So I'm giving them the edge. I'm not feeling incredibly strong about this, but I think it's a possibility. All right, here's another game where I'm hoping we agree, but I'm not sure we will, and that's Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Landry Jones, Michael Vick, whoever it is, I just think the Chiefs are too banged up right now and not playing well at all. I'll I'll say Pittsburgh takes this by a touchdown. I'll go Pittsburgh 27, Kansas City 20. I have it a little closer than that. I've got 24-21 for the Steelers. Um I mean, we talked about Landry Jones before. I, I don't want to waste time repeating all that. But, quite frankly, I don't think it matters who plays quarterback here. Um, the Kansas City defense is like Swiss cheese when it comes to guarding wide receivers. They just can't do it. They're not going to. They're not interested in doing it. Uh, I think Martavis Bryant's going to have a huge game, uh, probably just because Antonio Brown really only works as Antonio Brown's expected to when Ben Roethlisberger's on the field. So, if it's not Big Ben under center, I don't want to waste my money on Brown, especially in a cash game. Uh, and Jeremy Macklin's concussed. He's not going to play. That takes away kind of their 
the uh, the one big weapon you might be worried about from Kansas City. There's no Jamal Charles. It's just not it's not going to happen for him this week. We haven't talked about my favorite receiver yet this season, who's having somewhat of a resurgence <laughs> in Pittsburgh, and of course that's Darius Hayward. Benny, what do you think of him? Besides from um, the eye black, I think I think that he. He teases us like this every year, and you fall for it. <laughs> it never lasts, and I'm tired of getting burned by him. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with him. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, you bring up an interesting point, though, with Martavis yeah. Bryant. That often it seems like the third or fourth wide receiver is the one that benefits the most when the mm-hmm. backup quarterback comes in just because they've had more reps and you know, have, yeah. in theory at least, you know, more chemistry with the backup quarterback than, you know, the Antonio Browns and the Darius Hayward Bays would, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if that holds true again here. I'm I'm banking on it. I'm putting Brian in my lineups. Just, just try so to of course that doesn't Brian explain why Brian Walters had a big game for Jacksonville <laughs> last week, but that's beside the point. But, Don't crush my dreams. Yes. So now let's look at uh, Houston at Miami. I can guess which way you're going to go with this game, and I'm going to disagree yep. with you. Um, I was very right I last week. A... I would like to point out I totally hit on Miami and on Blair Walsh. <laughs> I'm going to just did. hold on to that. <laughs> you did. Um, Houston, you know, Brian Hoyer looking just as good as he did you know, early last season in Cleveland when he was actually given a chance to – you know, ward off Johnny Mania for a while, but you know, he <laughs> seems to be settling in there pretty nicely in Houston. DeAndre Hopkins is having a real breakout season. He's arguably one of the top half dozen receivers or so in fantasy this year. Um, Arian Foster back looks healthy. Miami, of course, you know, Ryan Tannehill played respectably last week. Lamar Miller rushed for over 100 yards. You know, receiving game was okay. Yeah, I I think this will be a close game, a coin flip, but I'll give it. I'll say that Houston takes it by a point. I'll say Houston 28, Miami 27. And what should be one of the more entertaining games of the day? Um, I also have Miami scoring 27 points. I unfortunately only have Houston scoring 14. Um, oh, the Miami wow. defense. We're, we're way off here. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I'm sure Houston fans are hoping you are much more right than I am, but. Uh, It's the second week in a row they're playing on the road. Uh, I think that the Miami defense looked last week like I and a lot of other people expected them to look all year. So I think that, quite frankly, I think the defense is going – Miami's defense is kind of the deciding factor in this. I think they're going to score a couple of points on their own, maybe a pick six. I don't know. Uh, Tannehill's going to do well in this game. I think that – they're going to be passing more than they're running in in uh, Miami here this week, but I just I don't think the Houston offense can overcome this. Yes, Arian Foster's getting better. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins is hands down like the greatest receiver in the world right now, but that's just two people. You need more than that to win it. They, you can't count on DeAndre Hopkins to win every game for you. It just can't happen. No, that's that's true, but you know I think they're. You know, they've they've got a few good players on defense too, but Ryan Tannehill has not really impressed me with his consistency this year. If anything, he's been horribly inconsistent. But we'll see if he strings together another, you know, good game, maybe, you know, the narrative will 
swing around again on him. But um, yeah, with Houston, they were in in Florida last week. I don't know if they went back home. I would guess they did, but yeah, I, I don't think the full the flight to Florida will bother them. It certainly didn't bother them last week against uh, yeah Tampa Bay. But we'll, we'll I mean Jacksonville. But we'll see what happens this week. We shall see. All right, staying in the southeast. Southeastern part of the U.S. We've got uh, two teams going in opposite directions. Actually, they were both going in the same direction last week, and that's down. But Atlanta still five and one. Tennessee, yeah, especially without Marcus Mariota, there's not much hope there. No Marcus Mariota, no run game to speak of. Um, I, I don't see this being close at all. I think Atlanta, you know, wakes up after last week and puts out a good effort on the road and. You know, a little bit closer to home this week. I'll say that Atlanta wins this pretty easily. I'll say Atlanta 34, Tennessee 14. I've got Atlanta 28, Tennessee 13. Um, Atlanta's got a little something to prove after last week. Obviously, they've also got 10 days of rest under their belt. Marcus Mariota isn't going to play. I like Zach Mettenberg, but if – you want me to look at Matt Ryan versus Zach Mettenberg right now? Like, that's kind of a no-brainer. I just I like Tennessee as a whole. I don't like this matchup at all for them. I think you're going to see a lot of Delaney Walker in this game, though. Um, definitely somebody who should be starting in any format for you this week. But I, this game isn't going to stay competitive very long. Okay, glad we agree on that. Um, yeah. Next Next game... Cleveland at St. Louis, both of them had, well, Cleveland had a, a close, you know, loss last week. St. Louis, I think, was on a bye. But, you know, St. Louis has been up and down this year. They've, I thought they were going to be better than they have been so far. I thought Nick Foles was going to be better than he has so far. I thought Brian Quick was actually going to play and contribute. It opened up opportunity for guys like, you know, Stedman Bailey and Tavon Austin so far this season. You know, Givens, I, I think that um, just because they're at home, I'll, I'll say that Greg the Leg kicks a, a, a late field goal to win it for St. Louis. I'll say St. <laughs> Louis 27, Cleveland 24. Greg the Leg, that's what's up. I've got St. Louis 24, Cleveland 20. Um, I I think Nick Foley and Dynamite is going to live up to his old nickname this week. I think he's going to have a better day. The matchup is better for them. Josh McCown's going to have a lot of trouble with that Rams defense. Uh, they're going to be in his face all day. I just, I, this is going to be kind of a frustrating game to watch. I think, but St. Louis is going to come out on top. All right. Next, we have two underachieving teams. Those being Tampa Hands Bay down and Washington. The ugliest game of the week. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, probably. Yeah. You don't think anything but, could be worse than Tampa Bay at Washington? Well, Buffalo at Jacksonville could be pretty bad, too. No way. I'm all in on that game over over Tampa Bay at Washington. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Jameis Winston showing some signs of life. Still has a couple good receivers. Still has uh, Doug Martin as a running back. I, I think there's some hope for him. Washington, I think they're going to win this game and fairly easily just because I'm kind of going on a hunch that this will be Kirk Cousins' one good game this season. Yeah, no sign of Deshaun Jackson yet, but it doesn't seem to be holding them back too much. I'll say Washington 31, Tampa 20. I I 
pick Tampa Bay to win this game, believe it or not. Uh, I have them 21-20. Quite frankly, this could go either way. Um, I'm Honestly, I think the only reason I'm giving the Buccaneers the edge is that they're coming off a bye this week. They've got a little more time to prepare for it. Um, but it just – I. I could not be less excited for this game. It's just, it's just not going to be pretty at all. Uh, Chris Cooley back yet? I wish. I would be so Davis. much more excited about watching the Redskins. I loved Chris Cooley. <laughs> Even with all the terrible anti-Cowboys YouTube videos he and Colt Brennan used to make, so worth it. Oh. And Fred Davis, he was somebody I liked for a while, too, mainly because he was a USC guy. But, uh, yeah. It's, he, had a nice, he had a nice little run. I like Jordan Reed. He just can't stay healthy. The poor dude can't catch a break. Yeah, yeah. And and they also lost the guy. Was it Niles Paul, who was the one that was supposed mm-hmm. to be their uh, starting yeah. tight end this season? So, yeah, being a tight end in Washington apparently doesn't come with much job security these days. No. So. no. You don't want that on your own. Right. No, no. So, anyway, I, I think – but Washington will win that pretty handily. I'll, I'll say uh, Washington 31, Tampa 20, and you obviously disagree with me, so why don't we just move right along to the next game. All is right in the so world. The, the eventual NFC Super Bowl representative Minnesota Vikings are traveling to De- Detroit <laughs> this week. Oh, and uh never stops being funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. They they keep winning games. They're what born. Not no, this week. It's not happening. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Okay, Detroit. They finally got off the Schneid, but I'm not so sure that you know, that that's going to continue this week. I, I think it'll be a close game. I think Detroit's offense, you know, got unstuck last week. Minnesota, you know, they've been showing improvement on offense, but, you know, their defense has looked kind of suspect. You know, they almost let Kansas City back into a game that they should have won handily. But uh, when all is said and done, I think Detroit wins this by a field goal. I'll give Detroit 31 to Minnesota's 28. So you're picking Minnesota to to go to the Super Bowl, but not to beat the Lions. No, it's a road game. Okay. Tough oh, game. okay. Okay. So that's that's what. Okay. Just making sure. Um, I even I, Super Bowl teams stumble once in a while. Once in a while, they barely won any games. Just some moving. I digress. So like there's, there's there's plenty of time. They'll go eight and two their last ten games and finish eleven and five, and all be right with the world. Of course. Why didn't I think of that? Um. I'm I'm gonna come back to the land of reality and Probably pick because Detroit it's too to win obvious. this game. 27-24. The one other the one other thing I was able to just miraculously predict was Calvin Johnson getting in the end zone last week. Um, he's alive. He, we think he is well. Uh, I think he's gonna continue the trend. I think we'll see him in the end zone again this week. Uh, Minnesota's second in scoring defense, but. Adrian Peterson's finger injury worries me a little bit. I'm a little more hesitant about him uh, overall. I'm still not super amped on Teddy Bridgewater yet. I just think that if they can keep playing that up-tempo style of offense that we saw last week out of Matt Stafford, that they've got a chance of winning this game. They're at home. They need to stop looking so embarrassed all the time and just build off last week. So I think Detroit wins this. Sorry, uh, Minnesota can start going eight next week. 
Well, heaven forbid, you know, even if Peterson isn't able to play or play effectively, uh, Jarrett McKinnon showed last year. I don't think he's going to be as effective. Well, we'll see. But, I mean, if something were to happen, I think Jarrett McKinnon proved himself last year to be more than a capable backup, although, you know, the word is that if something were to happen to Peterson, that, you know, Matt Anziata and... McKinnon would be splitting carries again, which I think would be a waste. I think McKinnon should just yeah. have that job outright if Peterson doesn't have it. But, heck, I'd even rather see Cordero Patterson back there taking handoffs and seeing what he could do. But uh, he's kind of forgotten guy there in uh, Minnesota. Bit, but yeah. uh, it's probably enough about that game already. So next we move on to New Orleans at Indianapolis. Both of these teams yeah, coming off yeah, I wouldn't say unexpected results last week. Maybe New Orleans was unexpected beating Atlanta previously undefeated by 10 points at home, but Indianapolis, you know, losing by a touchdown at home to the Patriots, maybe that was just a surprise in the sense that you know, Tom Brady's dad and everybody else who, you know, was upset about the play gate wanted the Patriots <laughs> to score 60 points on the Colts, but, you know, they forget that the Colts actually have a defense and have some say in the matter, too. Yeah, Yeah, I think a lot of people did going into that game last week. Yeah. So, yeah, probably a lot of people would have picked the over if they were betting, but um, this week, I think Indianapolis has a pretty easy time of it. New Orleans will score a lot, but I think Indianapolis will score even more on that uh, New Orleans defense. I'll say a final score Indianapolis 37 and uh, New Orleans 27. Ooh. I've got uh, Indianapolis 32, New Orleans 23. <laughs> How do you score different. 32 points? It's, it could happen. It could totally happen. I'm not saying it's, you know, the most realistic thing in the world, but I'm saying I like it. Uh, <laughs> All right. New Orleans. There must be a safety in there somewhere. Something crazy. I mean, look at look at what they're trying to do. Look at that fake punt they tried to put out there. Anything's possible with this ridiculous team. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or, or they'll miss three extra points. That's probably more likely. But <laughs> I think, here's the thing. New Orleans if allows, that happens, allows... then Vinatieri's <laughs> going to be wandering around wearing a barrel on Monday morning. Oh, that would be bad. Don't wish that on him. That's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, New Orleans, the last 6.4 yards per play, which is the most in the league. Um, Indianapolis needs to build off what they did last week. Yes, they lost, but they did it much more respectably than a lot of people thought. They put up a better showing. Special teams. Hey, I still – Pat McAfee still has a very special place in my heart. I like that dude. I don't exactly like what their special teams generally try to do, though. I will give them that. Uh, This is going to be a game for Indy to build off of, I think – that New Orleans, yes, did something nice last week. No, I don't think they're necessarily going to carry it over. Their secondary is terrible. I say this every week. Um, Andrew Luck's growing his his neck beard back, and that generally equates into wins for them. That's just hard science, so I'm taking Indianapolis big this week. All right. Well, next we have (laughs) a game that isn't quite as exciting with Rex Ryan no longer in New York, but uh, Jets go on the road to New England. The two teams have one loss between them so far this year. My my out-on-the-limb prediction is that at the end of this game, the two teams will have two losses between them so far this Whoa. season. 
<laughs> Whoa now. <laughs> the question Let's not is, get of crazy course, here. Which, which of the two teams is going to end up with that loss? And much as I would like the Jets to win this game, I don't think it happens. I think that um, the Patriots, I don't know whether they'll get Brandon LaFell back or not. I don't know if... if it looks um, like he may Le- play this week, from what I don't I've know heard. if LeGarrette, LeGarrette Blount will be able to muster much offense against that Jets defense. You know, don't know who's going to wind up on Revis Island or Cromartie. Island this weekend, but well, I, apparently, I still think the apparently Patriots... Darrell Revis is a little salty with the Patriots. Did you hear about that? Yeah. No, I, I didn't hear what oh, he well, uh, apparently, said this week. Uh, apparently, he was out of out of the country or out of town when they were getting their rings at Robert Kraft's house over the summer, and he tried to send his mom, and they wouldn't let her in because family members are only allowed in with the players, so she had to wait till the next day to pick her ring up at the. Uh, at the team offices, so he's a little cranky with them. That's, oh, I that's the that. story today. <laughs> you want a Super Bowl with them. You can't be too cranky. But, well, uh, apparently you don't mess with Darrell Reeves' mom or Marshawn Lynch's, which we've learned. Or, or um, uh, why can't Donovan McNabb's? But uh, yeah. that's, that's another story. But, um, yeah, I, I just I think the Patriots take this by field goal. Yeah, twenty four twenty one is my score, but uh who, who do you think is gonna come out on top here? I've got the Patriots by a touchdown, twenty eight twenty one. Um it I think this I mean, yeah, this would be more fun with Rex Ryan in it, obviously. Um, but I it'll be a little bit more hard fought than perhaps some people think, but the Patriots defense is gonna smother that Jets offense enough to make the difference in this game. I think that's what it really comes down to. And yeah, somebody should be on Revis Island. Marshall, so I like Eric Decker a lot this week, but uh, I just this will be a fun game to watch. It's not going to be as high scoring as maybe we thought it was going to be, you know, when the schedule came out. Yeah, it's, I I don't know. It's not inconceivable New England loses this game. I think it is close. I think we both are expecting a close game with the. Jets defense, it's just a matter of can Ryan Fitzpatrick do enough with Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall through the air or with Chris Ivory on the ground to keep them in the game. I I think they will, but I still don't think that translates into a victory for them, but we'll see. So next up, as far as the late games go, here's here's the one game that I think is, you know, well, there's several games I think are complete mismatches this week, but this one is kind of a mini mismatch. I don't think it'll be two touchdowns, but I think San Diego, especially if Keenan Allen is healthy, they're going to win this pretty easily. Philip Rivers is back to the form of 2013 rather than 2014. You know, Oakland just, there's talent there, but there's just, for some reason, they just seem unable to put it all together, no matter who the quarterback is, who the coach is, who the owner is. Yeah, I just don't really think it all matters that much. San Diego, I'll still pick them to win this game pretty handily. I'll say San Diego 31, Oakland 20. I mean, I've got 31-21, so we're we're pretty close on this. Philip Rivers threw for roughly a million yards last week. I mean, he set he set franchise records for attempts, completions, and still couldn't beat the Packers, but he he looks he looks so dialed in right now and uh like you said he's just 
he's going to run all over this Oakland team. Um, quite frankly, like, you have to start. There's absolutely no way in the world that you should not be starting Antonio Gates. There is no team in the league that gives up more points to tight ends than the Oakland Raiders. And obviously Antonio Gates was probably still a start for you before you knew they were playing the Raiders, but he's going to have a huge game this week. And I just – if you have anybody on the San Diego offense, I would probably feel all right starting them this week. I would you mean Brandon Oliver? Eh, maybe not Brandon Oliver. But I okay. like I would like to pick Oakland to win this. I would like to pick them to upset San Diego, but there's really nothing to face that on. Philip Rivers is so upset good. that we missed the whole Lambo at Lambeau Field angle last week when we were reviewing yeah. the game. God, we were just asleep at the wheel, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the first thing I thought about when I saw his name when the Chargers had signed him. You know, it's, he should be kicking yeah. for Green Bay, not even, you know, May putting two and two together and figuring out that they were actually playing the NFC North this season. Oh, no, no, no. We, can't, we can't go a, make a leap that far. We can only point A to point B. We're not going to C. <laughs> All right. It's just not in our, not in our wheelhouse. <laughs> not in our repertoire. Okay. Nope. So, all right, grudge match, rematch. Dallas at the Giants. This, you sure you don't want to take a bye yeah. this week? I might have felt better. <laughs> no. I don't know. It's you know <laughs> New York obviously has you know motivation for revenge given the opening week of the season. They also stunk Monday night on the road against the Eagles. I I think they're a pretty mediocre team, but in this pace when they're at home against a Cowboys team that's going to be starting Matt Castle, you know, instead of Tony Romo. Yeah, I I still think the Giants will, you know, mediocre will be good enough for them this week. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, who knows how many fingers he has this week, but I guess it doesn't matter much if he's not on the field. But uh, I still think the Giants find a way to win this game. I'll say uh, Giants 24, Cowboys 21. I've got the Giants 27, the Cowboys 23. Um, There are two good things I can say about the Cowboys going into this game. Number one, the game is in New York because the Giants are just do terrible things to the Cowboys in Texas. And number two, Matt Castle had his baby on Saturday, so that is not going to happen this week. (laughs) I'm pretty excited about that. Um, But – like you said, the Giants have really have something to prove after what happened the first time these two teams met when they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory and from the absolute, I don't even know what happened to them last week. It wasn't pretty. They need to show that they're not that team. And it's just, I want so badly to pick Dallas to win this game. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> I want well. to, but I can't. I, I hear you. I feel your pain, though. I picked the Eagles to beat the Giants last weekend, and that wasn't fun. But uh, no, sometimes you just have to go with your with your head instead of your heart. But uh, I'm still oh, not convinced those were really the Giants players out there on the field Monday night. Oh, really? I'm starting to think maybe those were holograms out there. Oh well, I mean that's that's the natural the natural conclusion to come to after a game like that. Holograms. All right. Yeah. Hey. Could have had Tupac singing that National Anthem, and then it, that would have been the that would have been the giveaway that there were holograms there. But uh, huh. anyway, so 
speaking of Philadelphia, they're on the road this week playing one of the remaining undefeated teams. That would be the Carolina Panthers, who had oh, also annoying. scored 27 points last week, so they have that in common with the Eagles. But uh, I don't know. This, this is interesting. Your your former, you know, I guess my local team now, traveling down to your yeah. local team there. I know you said that at the beginning of the season you were having fun ragging on the Panthers fans. So far they've, they've had a lot more to cheer about. Than the, it just, you know, they fight back a little more now. <laughs> Well, yeah, they they should. They have a lot more to cheer about so far this season than the Cowboys do, even if Ed Hockley isn't giving Cam Newton the calls because he's not old enough yet. But uh, Well, and he's also wearing yeah. those medium T-shirts because, you know, Ed Hockley's hitting the gym all the time. Yeah, that's – I. <laughs> most of these guys have full-time jobs during the week, you know, they they're car salesmen or insurance salesmen or what have you. A lot you. of them think, lawyers. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Or it used to be. Was that, was that the 90s? Yeah. Well, you would think lawyers would want to argue things. I don't really see the referees wanting to argue many of the calls with the players. They don't seem to engage them. But, uh, hmm. you know, if I hear one of the referees say motion denied, then I'll, then I'll know. Then we'll know. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll keep my ears up. motion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, back to the to the actual game here. I I don't know. This I still think Carolina is doing it with smoke and mirrors. I'm they still are. not the Chip Kelly. Smoke mirrors and Greg biggest... Olson. That's what this team is built off of right now. It's making me crazy. Well, Cam Newton is playing pretty well this season. You have to begrudge him that. He's but... playing like a running back. All he's doing is running the ball or throwing it to Greg Olson. That's it. Nothing else happens. Well. Yeah, I just I, – I think the the jig is up for them this week. I uh, It pains me to pick the Eagles just because I don't think they're, you know, going to live up to their hype either, and they're certainly not a Super Bowl contender the way the Vikings are. But Obviously. I still think <laughs> – You can't even say it with a straight face. Like, come on. <laughs> anyway, no, I, the, Eagles, they, the Eagles <laughs> – so oh, the Eagles, Eagles managed to win this game. I'll go Eagles 27, Panthers 24. I um, I don't want to pick either of these teams to win this game. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I cannot abstain because someone does have to win. Uh, unless we're going to draw. The, uh, let me call well, your name is Donovan McNabb. I'm okay with it because I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he is. I don't want to touch Donovan. But the Eagles looked awful. Like, the only way that anyone could be excited about what the Eagles did last week is if they didn't watch the game. They were terrible. They didn't. Nobody deserved to win that game. But. Um, or do you think the Panthers are going to send out holograms this week? I hope so. I'd be a lot more excited about watching a Panthers game. Um, I obviously will be watching the Cowboys game in this time slot. One of. Well, I mean, I'll probably be crying about it. But anyway. Um, so I'm picking the fighting Greg Olsons to win 24-17. Uh, if the Eagles could ever get out of their own way, they might be a good team and they might put together some kind of a winning streak. Uh, right now, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to go to Carolina. They're going to be in prime time. They're going to get their panties in a bunch, and something terrible is going to happen, like they're going to throw interceptions or forget how to run the ball or any number of ways that they learn how to lose games. Um, maybe. Crazy I just, idea. I just Someone think the could Eagles try covering Greg Olson when they play the Panthers. 
I don't understand why this he's not like triple covered. He's the only guy that offense can run off of. I, they should just put Kelvin Benjamin out there on a gurney and see what happens. It'd be fine. He'd probably draw as many defenders as Greg Olson does right now. But would you double uh, cover him? Yes. Yes, I think sheet. I would. <laughs> Cam Newton might just run right up to that gurney and hand him the ball and just push him into the end zone. I'm not ruling that out. That would be like Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart in the USC Notre Dame game in 2005. Yeah, I remember that. So, I don't, I don't like are we done? Are yeah. Are we done with this yeah, game yet? Okay. All right. <laughs> I think so, I'm done now. <laughs> all right. So now we've got the Monday night game, which at least uh, in theory looks kind of interesting, but in practice I don't think it's going to be that interesting. And this looks super Baltimore. interesting before week one. This game looked like it was going to be awesome, like planned so that you don't have anything else to do, stay home and watch this game, but maybe not so much now. Well, I, I still I didn't buy into Carson Palmer coming into the season, so oh, if you asked me, I would have I would have <laughs> said that the Ravens would be the ones running away with this game with the superior offense. But so far, that certainly hasn't proven to be the case. I mean, Andre Ellington, do you even keep him in in leagues if you're holding him at this point, hoping that Chris Johnson will either go into a slump or that you know he'll break a leg or do something? Do you do you keep holding? Andre Ellington at this point, or do you uh, cut bait and move on? I mean, I might cut bait and move on because even even if Chris Johnson gets the yips and starts fumbling or something, they're still a pass first team. I don't know. This game makes me sad mm-hmm. a little bit. All right. So as far as the Locked final it. score goes, I'll say that uh, that Arizona wins this easily. I'll I'll say 10 points. I'll say Arizona 34 and uh, Baltimore 24 and maybe Tyron Matthew will run one back to the house. That would be fun to see. Tyron Matthew, don't call him the honey badger. Uh, I've got Arizona 32, Baltimore 20. Uh, I just, I don't want the Ravens to be this bad and it makes me sad to pick against them every week. Um, it also makes my boss, a diehard Ravens fan, really cranky that I keep doing this. Sorry, Mason. But, like, the worst thing that could have happened for the for the Ravens was Arizona losing last week because now Carson Palmer's cranky end in prime time, and that's a terrible combination for the Baltimore defense. Uh, it's just Baltimore gives up 300-plus yards per game and averages giving up almost two passing touchdowns every game. Like, how are you going to win games that way? You can't. And then there's Chris Johnson. Like, it's just, this isn't even fair. Kamar Aiken is uh, filling in nicely as the second wide receiver there in Baltimore. Yeah. I don't hate it. Somebody but that, if you were on the waiver man. wire, he's somebody to consider, especially if you've got guys on a bye, which if you've got Green Bay receivers or you were Denver receivers, uh, you probably do. Yeah. Yeah, because you got Chicago, Cincy, Denver, Green Bay. You got some big names on a bye this week. Yeah. Monday night is not really must see TV this week. No, I don't think so either. So, why don't we move along to the daily portion of the show here and uh, take a look at some uh, FanDuel uh, 
player values for this um, week? Who, who strikes you at uh, quarterback on the FanDuel lineup this week? Um, super into Ryan Tannehill. What a surprise. 7700 bucks. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 7100 if you're feeling a little crazy. Um but then Philip Rivers at eight grand. You've got Eli Manning at seventy eight. That one hurts me a little bit to pick, but uh and no secret, I pretty much always like Carson Palmer. Eighty two hundred though, but it's I think it's worth it. Um spend a little how's money. Matthew Stafford, how's Matthew Stafford ranked below Ryan Tannehill, Sam Bradford and Joe Flacco this week? I don't get that. I don't either because I I mean like I like Tannehill one, I like Stafford two out of that bunch. Sam Bradford I just have zero trust in at all, but you know that's just me. Um, I just take advantage. He completed almost as many passes to Giants receive to the guys wearing Giants uniforms last week as Eli did. That's what I'm saying. He looks constantly confused. I don't understand it. He did not look like this at Oklahoma. He didn't. Oh, must be lingering effects of of some injury or another. Or is alien abduction? One or the other. It could be. I'm not really so, out. Uh, Josh McCown and uh, Brian Hoyer are mm-hmm. oh, some bottom uh, feeder picks if you're looking for them. I, I hear you uh, nodding in disagreement or not nodding in <laughs> Yeah, sense, you can, you but, can sense uh, my disapproval. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I hear your, so well. your clucking tone. I hear yeah, you clucking at me, so all right. How about so anyway, DraftKings? <laughs> well, why don't we move on to uh running backs for, for FanDuel? Um, be conventional. Pardon? I said be conventional. We'll do it in order. Oh no, we don't have to. We we can be unconventional. Let's let's no, you're do fine. that. Let's so. look at running backs. <laughs> all right. So well um, so now just don't tell me you're gonna pick Cam Newton on DraftKings because he is a running back. I, I would lo- I would get a ton of points, all right? That's probably the only way I want to put Cam Newton on my lineup. But uh, my uh, my running back picks, I like Latavius Murray a lot at seven grand. Lamar Miller, uh, the price is right. I'm a little more hesitant just because I think Tannehill's going to throw the ball more, but he's at 7,600. Danny Woodhead at six grand. Uh, maybe Chris Ivory at 7,800. Um, and then Todd Gurley. I like him more on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. All right. How about uh, Chuck Hendrick West? Is, uh, do you think that was just a total waste of money last week, or do you think he might actually break out this week? I don't think – if he's going to break out, I don't think it's going to be this week. I hate the matchup. They're going to have to throw a lot. They actually have him priced lower than Darren McFadden and Danny Woodhead, which I find hard to believe. I mean, I like Danny Woodhead, but I kind of always do. That's not a real surprise for anybody who listens to the show. All right. How about uh, DraftKings running backs? What what do you like there? Uh, super into Todd Gurley there. He's only 5,000. Um, Cleveland, if they're going to score, they're going to be doing it on the ground a lot. Um, I like Gurley's chances this week. Latavius Murray, again, 6,100. Danny Woodhead, 46. Lamar Miller, 4,600. Um, also really like Bishop Sankey here from Tennessee at 3400 If you need to save a little cash, uh, they're going to have to hand the ball off a little bit. It's going to be Bishop Sankey and Delaney Walker, I think, that are going to get you any kind of points out of this game. So if you're feeling a little wild, maybe look at him. 
Chris Johnson stole only $4,300 there. I mean, I realized last week wasn't anything to write home about, but you know, to me there's no way he should be less than you know, Carlos Hyde and T.J. Yeldon this week, especially with their injury status. Yeah, since T.J. Yeldon didn't even play last week, but hey. They don't, for whatever yeah. reason, they're not calling us asking about pricing, so we'll just take advantage of it where we can. Right. How about uh, wide receivers on Sandoval? Do you go for the DeAndre Hopkins Super Deluxe $9,200 option, or do you, Probably. you know, go, go downstream a little bit and Martavius Bryan is at sixty nine hundred. Dante Moncrief's at sixty five hundred. Eric yeah. Decker sixty two hundred. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving Eric Hank. Decker, Martavius Bryant, Dante Moncrief, all on my teams this week. John Brown's really good at sixty seven hundred. Uh we talked about Stefan Diggs in Minnesota at fifty eight hundred. Again, kind of another another riskier pick, but Jarvis Landry in Miami. I like him a little more in DraftKings and FanDuel, but still good good value. Jameson Crowder is uh, only 5,800 on FanDuel, too. He's been doing pretty well so far from Washington. We'll see if that continues or not. Uh, How about FanDuel? I mean, uh, DraftKings, any thoughts on wide receivers there? I mean, Martavis Bryant, uh, we talked about earlier how his rapport with with any of the quarterbacks is going to be stronger than Antonio Brown. I'd much rather spend my, my $4,700 on draft on DraftKings on him. Um, again, it's pretty much the same guys, Moncrief, Landry, Diggs, Eric Decker. Um, I, it's not changing too, too much. It's just the value a little bit does. All right, we're running out of time here. How about tight ends? Uh, give me your um, picks for for FanDuel and DraftKings for tight ends. Your your number Antonio one guy Gaines. on each. Brainer, Delaney Walker, uh, Charles Clay, and Jason Witten. Okay. And yeah. kickers we don't care about. How about defenses? Uh, Miami, Washington, the Jets, maybe even the Rams are feeling a little wild. All right. I think that's just going to about going to do it for us um, this week. But do you want to tell people about our, our special time next week? Yes, we are going to be back with you next week at 10 p.m., and we'll be doing that for just a couple of weeks. But we're going to be – so adjust your uh, your calendars, get excited West Coast people. So 10 to 11 p.m. next week, you can find us all week long on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Wait a second, on I thought Facebook. we were – next what? week we're doing Tuesday night, right? Oh, that's right, that's right. Next week – oh, God, my schedule is all That's why I brought it Tuesday. up. There you go. Well, we're also – At 9.30. Tuesday right. nine thirty next week. The following week we're going back to Wednesday at ten. God, we are busy people all of a sudden. But you can find us yeah. all week long, and we'll remind you on Twitter at the number four thn inches show at fantasy underscore sherpa and jkim one six. You can email us at the number four thn inches show at gmail dot com. And as always, good luck in your lineups this week, unless of course you're playing me.